0: Welcome to the International Schools Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Taylor.
1: And I'm your co-host, John McTon. Join us every two weeks for conversations with international school leaders, educators, and innovators who are working and engaging in the world of international school education.
0: And finally, just to say a huge thanks to our valued partner, Faria Education Group. We'll jump back in later in the podcast to give you some more information about Faria Education Group. Hi welcome to the International Schools Podcast. Today I'm here without uh, John Micton and I'm talking to Ben Rouse. Now, confusingly, Ben Rouse has actually been on the podcast as like a host because Ben and me have worked together for many years. Uh, But Ben is now running his own business, doing design thinking, and we're going to get into that. And uh, how's it going, Ben? Yeah, good.
2: Thank you for having me on in a different capacity. Uh, Greatly appreciate it. We still work together.
0: And now we'd like to say a few words from our valued partner and sponsor, Faria Education Group. Faria Education Group has been with you through thick and thin, helping international schools minimize headaches and easing transitions. Whether through paperless admissions with Open Apply, Curriculum First Learning with Manage Back, or School to Home Management with schools Buddy, Faria has been your partner.
1: What's more, Faria has been expanding with additional services, including professional development for international school educators. Mini-PD is a professional learning platform by practitioners for practitioners. With a global community of learners and coaches, Mini-PD makes the learning experience more personal, flexible and equitable. Looking for a PD solution for your school or something for yourself? Sign up for individualized coaching and enjoy a 10% discount using the code ISPODCAST. Head over to app.minipd.com. That's app.minipd.com to book your personal learning coach today. Mini PD, embracing the learner in every educator. So
0: I think it'd be good to start off with... um... Let's, let's get into your background, in case people don't know you. Do you want to go into your background? Obviously, you were a teacher. We worked together. Do you want to give a quick overview of what you've
2: done? Yeah, yeah. Do you, want, do you want the kind of long, short or medium version of that? Start off with medium and then I can speed it up if it's too too long. Sounds fair. <laughs> Did a civil engineering degree. Um, kind of thought better of that after a year in a design office and became a maths teacher. And then I suppose the beginning of this journey really was a uh, I just had my first child sitting with my phone while they were sleeping and thought, maybe, maybe Twitter isn't just for, uh, for footballers to kind of share what they had for breakfast, that kind of thing. Um, and started engaging in Twitter as a, as a teacher. Um, and that's kind of where I discovered the teachers using technology. There was like someone had shared a Google Docs link, people were talking about their use of different devices and that kind of thing. So that kind of kicked off my use of technology in the classroom. And, and as I went through my career, started to use it more and more to the point that the school kind of engaged me in um, what do we do after we had a, a learning management system. They didn't necessarily want to continue it. And I was involved in that discussion of what to do next. And we went down uh, the Google for Education route. So like started implementing that at the school. Uh, group of student design uh design getting a bit ahead of yeah. myself student digital yeah. leaders that we used for that that was really effective uh more and more training came along so like people were asking if we could you know i was doing training sessions for other schools realized more and more that the the technology you can talk about the technology but it only goes so far it's essentially about people and and sort of their attitude to change um, so that's where I started uh, looking more at design thinking, so user-centric design, um, kind of empathising with with the people actually, uh, the sort of the face of those tools. And that approach seemed to be a bit more effective for implementing sort of change with technology in schools, uh, actually engaging with people around finding like what's their challenge, what's their problem, and, and how the tools could potentially solve that is kind of a slightly more effective way of, of getting into it. Um, so that's kind of my trajectory towards the, the design thinking side of things, and then more recently I've kind of narrowed that down to, uh, design sprints and then taking the kind of design sprint techniques, design thinking techniques, and putting those into more custom workshops. There you go. There's, there's a kind of potted history.
0: Yeah, and I should say. In between, we've obviously worked together a lot. You got you. Um, we both got really into to Google for Education, both by attending events. From, if you attended one that, that we were involved in running, I attended one in the US, uh, and then we worked together. Well, like I say, we still do. Um, we've been working on Google for Education projects for schools, and, and you're still working managing the Google relationship, which is fantastic. Um, and we can, we'll get into that uh, a bit later about you know um, you know transitioning into running your own business, but um. So design thinking, like that's that's what your business is. I think like should we start up by saying like what's the history of design thinking? Like where does it come from, and 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 then what what is it? And then we'll talk about what what you're looking to do.
2: Yeah, I mean I think ultimately it's it's a name for a process that that feels pretty obvious if you um, design anything. Um, but the, the the term design thinking kind of came from IDEO. Um, and the Stanford design school, both of them seem to sort of have a claim to, to it being or, or originating from their work. Um, but it's basically a name for that process of empathizing with the person. sort of experiencing the challenge or the problem or using the tool, spending time to sort of understand their experience, narrow down to like what the nub of the problem is, and then creating lots of ideas to go about solving that. So rather than being like. I must come up with the one perfect idea. It's let's have lots and lots of ideas and then we can narrow that down, test out those ideas, prototype them and put them through a process so we can kind of decide which ones are worth
0: working on and going forward. Um, and that's the, part of people, that's the part I think a lot of people have seen in design thinking, having post-it notes on the wall, having lots of like, that's a kind of a famous thing. Of it.
2: Yeah, there's if people are interested in kind of looking at the, the theory of it, uh, look, if you, if you search double diamond, um for that process of like divergent and convergent thinking um so yeah. double diamond will kind of get you off on the right uh
0: starting point um now why why should schools be interested in this and and, 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 and then and then we can get to like what, why you decided to do this obviously because you're not just working with schools but obviously that's what you know and you get you are going to be working with a lot of schools so what why is this like what's some examples of of where this is, is schools should be thinking about learning about how to do this process.
2: Yeah, there's a there's there's two aspects to it in terms of like using it as educators amongst fellow educators and, and this kind of leadership teams of schools, and then there's obviously using it in the classroom. Uh, my focus has been more about that using it with teachers. Uh, initially, it's that if you're redesigning anything, so if like I used it in the math department as we looked to kind of adapt the curriculum. So there were some
0: changes. Yeah, I, 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 this is a great. Can we give a summary of like a project you've done? Because that will that will be make it a bit clearer. If like if you talk, this is actually a design thinking project. This is what what it, the problem was. This is what I did, etc. Yeah. So so we
2: we had some. Yeah, as always happens, there were some changes from government coming down um, into the curriculum. So as a math department, we obviously had to kind of redesign how we delivered things. Um, so the first process we did was take the everything we had to deliver. And we did genuinely put it on on sticky notes. And as a team, we took everything we needed to deliver and we started to rearrange it into the order we thought we should teach it. Um, so that process there of, of sort of taking the information that was out there and trying to reorganize it for ourselves, um, I actually did this because previously I'd done it just by myself with a curriculum redesign and then launched it to the department. And they looked at it and they were very nice about it because I'd spent hours on it. Um, but ultimately it wasn't as good as it could be. And because I'd only looked at it from my point of view, it it wasn't fit for purpose and we had to change it. Um, so this time I went into it involving everybody from the department. We got a big space, we rearranged it. And what it allowed people to do was instead of my polished version where they felt bad for saying, no, that, that should change. You could just pick the poster off the wall. And move it to a a more appropriate place and we entered into that discussion Um, so that was kind of a light version of using it where we did that then we were able to once we kind of got up on the wall and decided on the order we want we could then go into building in right well next bit or how would we go about teaching these different things Um, and you could start to again use that process for designing learning opportunities around that order you've got the opportunity again to kind of link. So if we've done something in uh, like, you know, the autumn term or semester and the spring term, you could easily kind of spot those and link them together. So that's probably the, f- like one of the examples we used in a school context, um, yeah. on a, on well, a biggest, s- go on, sorry, Karen, uh, just on a bigger scale through, actually through Google for education and the work that we do for apps events, um, I also did a design thinking process with, uh, with a countrywide organization that were looking, so they were coming up to like renew a few contracts with some key players and they wanted to potentially do things differently. So there was an opportunity for them as a country to kind of look at the way they delivered education and do it differently. And we also, yep. um, with the Google for Education team went through a design thinking process of the in the design sprint there's an activity called long-term goals where you say in two years time dot 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 so we did that with them because what are you aiming for what's the vision and actually with them we did 10 years um maybe not uh, not ideal on political terms but you know trying to sort of stretch out that vision um for what they wanted to achieve and then obviously they could come up with uh what are the key challenges what are the ideas that we want to See implemented, and that was how they built their tender process. So they built a tender around that
0: uh, vision that they put together through one of those sessions. Cool. And what about, um like, you know, what I think examples are always the best thing, you know. So, is there anything? Obviously, you've you've been doing some some engagements with schools now. Is it? Can you talk about a bit about what a typical one you've done recently, and also like how does it work if a school would engage you? Is is it like um, an ongoing? Is it an ongoing? agreement or do you come in for an X number of days or what What other, you know, if we talk about that I and mean, then an, an example of one thing of that, I think that'd be great. So I previously,
2: I mean, the design thinking process is quite a long one. So typically you might have someone like myself sort of associate with the school over a period of maybe like maximum a year, maybe a couple of terms and would drop in for, right, let's kick off the empathy part of the design thinking process, you'll go, or you'll go out and do some empathy maps, you'll watch each other experiencing the school environment and they'll come back together with synthesizer information. I found that that process, like with the reality of schools is that when someone comes in for a day here and then a day three weeks later, often that day kind of gets moved, priorities change. So you regularly get like, Oh, we're just looking at the calendar and Ben, could we move, could we move it to like the week after we've got a bit of a crunch point, yeah. we're getting expected or, you know, something unexpected has oh. happened. Yeah. Um, so I discovered the design sprint process, which is like a four day condensed version of the design thinking process. The activities are locked in. Um, so I started doing that. So with an international school based in London. We did a a four day design sprint with them. So that meant that I went in for a day and they were looking at, um, kind of engaging learning opportunities, like how they can really offer something a little bit interesting and different. Um, so we did a day where we unpacked those ideas. People talked about schools that they'd seen through seeing, um, schools that they'd seen doing things differently. Um we then had the opportunity to create lots and lots of different ways of doing that lots and lots of ideas and by the end of day one everyone had created a, something called a solution sketch so everyone had an idea and it was up on the wall and everyone could go around and vote on the aspects of that um, and then on day two uh went back in and we did uh, once we'd chosen a few ideas to take forward It was then the process of deciding, well, how could we prototype these ideas in a very simple way that we could get some students in, in a couple of days' time, showcase these ideas and get some instant feedback? Because one of the challenges schools find is that you might spend a lot of time building out a new idea, using time, potentially money. And then obviously when you roll it out, you, you find it doesn't necessarily work or it's not, you haven't thought of everything. So the design sprint process is about kind of uncovering some of the assumptions you might have made quite early on. So you don't sort of spend too much time and effort on it. Um, so yeah, and within that four days, we, we came up with, I think it was three different teams of people, prototyped concepts. So there was like the, the grade eight where no child would set foot in school and their learning would all be done all over the world. Um, and they did that through a prototype of like a, a pitch, how you would pitch that to parents and students, and they would like interact with the, making the choices of what their year would look like. And they got some really good feedback on that. Um, we also did, there was an idea around, um, Wicked Wednesdays, I think was the name of it. So it was like completely stripping apart the Wednesday approach and do it differently. And then the third one was around mentoring. So they have mentoring time with teachers. One of the problems around that was teachers found that really exhausting to try and pull out information from the students. They didn't find that that mentoring time was particularly efficient. They liked the concept that they had one-to-ones. So actually this group flipped it around and the students mentored the teachers. Um, so we brought students in and they kind of just tried to sort of, we gave them a little crib sheet on questioning the teachers and they found that really effective and they implemented that one. Um, and I think Wicked Wednesdays got implemented as well.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
2: Um, but that four day process is an example we can, that I do do with schools. However, mm-hmm. finding a school that's got four days to dedicate to one process is really difficult. And yeah. I was always of the opinion for a while, oh, you've got to do the full design sprint. You've got to put aside four days worth of time with six to eight people and schools would obviously go, mm, I love, I love the concept of it, but how's about we do it in an hour with a hundred people? <laughs> and yeah. I initially I was like, no, it has to be according to actually, if people are interested in the design sprint, there's a book um, called sprint by Jake Knapp, which is the origin of it, it says five days there, but, you know, like, yeah, it's getting days, shorter. Yeah. Seven day abs, six day abs. <laughs> <laughs> so, exactly. Four, four, four hour design sprint. Tim yeah. back, Tim <laughs> exactly. Um, but that's the th- like what I've, what I've now started to do is realize that you don't need to do all the activities you can pick certain parts of it, and you can design essentially an innovation workshop for anyone, for any amount of people, for any amount of time. And that mm-hmm. is more of the focus that I have at the moment is, is speaking to schools and other organizations about, well, what is it you want to achieve? Is it a leadership team looking at the kind of vision and strategy for the next few years, um, and we've got half a day and we want to come out with clear Um, sort of even OKRs, like clear vision statements for what we want to do over the next two years? Or is it a math department that have got to adapt to a new curriculum change and we've got a couple of hours? Um, Or is it the four-day version of the design sprint? So that's where I'm kind of at at the moment.
0: And what what sort of schools have you seen have been the most interested in this? Is it, you know, state schools, international schools, private schools, or does it depend on the size? Is it like a, a trust or a map thing, or what? What, what have you seen, or, or is it just all over the place? Yeah, it's it, it
2: kind of varied. Um, I think definitely international schools, and most schools are interested in the concept. They they they're interested in doing things differently, but having a process where they can do things differently without spending ridiculous amounts of time and effort. So it doesn't feel quite so gut wrenchingly challenging to do something differently. Um, my experience so far has been that the international schools are in a much better place to, to run with that, um, in terms of adaptability, not quite as governed by external factors affecting what they focus on. So they can be a bit more autonomous, um, yeah. and, and innovative in the way that they approach things. Um, and I think, you know. Where I've got interest from state schools, so I'm based in the UK and where you get interest from state schools in the UK, it's, it's a challenge of time. I think Uh, we'd love to engage with this, but we've also got this, you know, we're worried about Ofsted turning up to inspect us. We're worried about some changes coming from the government. We've got staffing shortages that we need to, you know, bear that in mind as well. Um, there's been, so there's been a couple of engagements in Scandinavia, so there's definitely, I mean, you take Finland as an example where they had a 10 year plan and kind of managed to separate themselves a little bit more from politics than than other education systems. And you can see the effect of that and obviously like PISA tables and various things. So in Scandinavia, where you've got a municipality or commune that wants to do things differently, there's a bit more engagement there. Um, they're in a position to be strategic. Scotland is very similar actually to the, I, I, I put Scotland in Scandinavia rather than associating it with the English education (laughs) system. Um, They're probably pleased about that. Yeah. And I think that's where I got to, that's why being, being more adaptable and saying, how long have you got? How many people can we get together and what are we trying to tackle? And then building a custom workshop around that rather than trying to crowbar a design sprint into a a, a different scenario is is more appropriate for schools where there's so many other things going on whereas a business can go okay six people eight people for two days i can do that um but there's just so many more moving parts to schools that it's just not
0: really possible it's interesting you mentioned about one of the factors you know uh, causing schools to be reluctant about doing this or anything is is ofsted inspections it's funny, you know, working for so long with English school, British schools, you know, everyone is just living in fear of Austin. I mean, we can say what we want because we don't work for a school, so we're not scared <laughs> they're going to come in, you know, inspectors, but like people just live in fear. And I'm, do you think that's the same in, in every country? Or do you think it's like, cause I, I didn't get that impression from other teachers, but maybe I just haven't spent long enough with them. But I mean, do you agree with me that it's just like, it's so over, the, the risk of an inspection is so overbearing that like it, it, it clouds? so much of like senior leadership's time just just thinking about it and do you agree about Um, i've i've heard the
2: phrase similar to great we'll think about that once ofsted have come so yeah anything kind of different and potentially sort of a bit of work to change something it's like well we've we're expecting ofsted so we'll get that out of the way then we'll do it And obviously the interesting thing with that is if you think it's a good idea and it would improve the learning outcomes, wouldn't that be a good thing to do before Ofsted Yeah, That's a good point. But that definitely kind of, yeah, that's a wonderful, you know, Ivory Tower idealistic way of looking at at how it works. Um, And I know like there's the head teachers round table um in england have got like they've put forward a, a kind of white paper on what they think an alternative way of ofsted operating would be um where it's a, a more supportive so you remove the grading side of things yeah. and it's more of a we will come in and be a kind of critical friend for a few days and and give you some uh some sort of targets to improve on but without this yeah this kind of you are a failing school we're going to come back every week and and put the pressure on um and obviously that has such an effect on parental uh kind of choices as well like every oh house prices i mean an outstanding school can can up the house prices by a significant amount um
0: yeah yeah i know friends have been through it i know friends have bought house in wimbledon based on schools and then because so many people, like people from overseas, for example, they're working in the city, you know, and then just, they just rent a place so they, they can rent a place closer than the one they bought. And it's all how close you are to school. And they didn't, and now they're having to send their kids to a private school and like a fortune. <laughs> yeah, <I> mean, in, <laughs> so in, like... my,
2: in my day, it was like just putting down your auntie or your grandma's like address. I think that was what. Some people Some did. People to get into
0: grammar schools and things yeah to get to I don't think when did Ofsted even start I don't think when I was at school there was an Ofsted uh maybe i'm wrong uh there's h m r c which I
2: think is still kind of the the thing, but yeah the so my 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 dad was a teacher a, a maths teacher, <laughs> Apple falls far from the tree yeah, um, exactly. yeah, and the inspections like in that he kind of talked about were different in that it was more of a and more of that supportive will come in. Hey, how are you doing? We're HMRC. Let's let's look what's going on and let's talk about it and come up with some ways to improve rather than uh, feeling quite judged as, as it does. It's probably a British thing, isn't it? I'm out in the
0: Middle East at the moment and I was uh, across in the UAE and they've apparently recruited all ex-Ofsted inspectors there to run their inspection bureau and they've managed to recreate the same climate of fear in the UAE as it exists in the... <laughs> So,
2: so yeah i'm not like i'm not
0: too f- fully aware of like the different
2: systems in each in different countries in terms of the, i mean obviously obviously in the u.s it is it's obviously you know very federal and state by state in the way that state, they do state, that lovely yeah, states have a
0: lot of control and then the districts have a lot of autonomy and the counties even have a lot of autonomy
2: yeah and, and i mean you talk about autonomy i mean that's one of the things speaking to finnish educators about their approach, they they've been given um, a certain amount of. I mean, they're quite valued in terms of their status, but uh, yeah. they also have autonomy to to make decisions as a school, as a classroom teacher. Um, and I think apparently Finnish
0: teachers have a high status of of any of teachers in any country, and they've like they, they rank the professions, and they were like second or third or something in all the the status of professions in that in the country.
2: Yeah. And like, I had a chance to sort of attend a couple of events with, um, I'll probably get the title wrong. Um, but they're kind of education head of innovation. Um, she spoke at a couple of events throughout and it's interesting here. There's definitely, yeah, there's, there's some design thinking aspects in the way that they work in terms of listening to people, understanding what teachers are trying to achieve thinking sort of long-term. Uh, and trying things out, yeah. So yeah. Um, they've got a curriculum which is phenomenon based, so kind of thematic, and um, in, the, in the way that they can do things. So yeah, it's it's, it's interesting. We we have had a couple of design thinking sessions, but like one hour, two hour introduction to design thinking sessions in Finland, in Sweden, in Denmark. Um, and it definitely feels like there's a, there's an appetite, but also a kind of a, a prior understanding of what it is. So, yeah, definitely. Like, yeah. Yeah. When I deliver there and talk about design thinking people like, yes, I've heard the term, I'm familiar with parts of it and they want to find out more. And you do, a, you know, you get them sort of hands on with activities. Whereas, uh, more often like in England, I find there's a, no, not heard of that, um, which can, you know, <laughs> In, a, in yeah. some ways can be good, but in other ways, it's like a, a few more steps than they want to take in terms of actually getting getting that process sort of started in the school.
0: Cool. So and a good place to finish. I know you've been making a, a course. Is that something you think is going to be potentially interesting for teachers, leadership? So,
2: yeah. So there's this wonderful idea, right, that I can start working with lots and lots of schools, facilitating kind of workshops, um, based around kind of design sprint philosophies. Um, but there's a, there's a like post pandemic practicality about traveling around to lots and lots of places. Um, you and I have traveled a lot with, with the apps events yep. and Google for education, what we've done, but it definitely doesn't feel the same, even though things are starting to open up. I think people are looking sure. at, well, it could be remote or it uh, do we have to get someone in, um, so with that in mind, what I thought was. In addition to, yes, like by all means, get in touch. I'm more than happy to talk about coming over and and working with you on these kind of things, Um, but actually there's a lot of talent in schools who might want to do what I've done and and start to learn about it. So I've got a course where it's like how to run design sprints for schools. So it's taking the design sprint process, taking educators through like what it is, why it can work for schools. And how it can be chopped up and adapted to a realistic school timetable. Um, so they can go and run it themselves. And they've got all the activities that make the design sprint. Um, there's also resources. So if you're doing it in person, obviously you need some pens and some sticky notes. But if you don't. want to do it remotely, I'll be sharing like my Miro board. So like my collaborative space, um, this slide deck that I use and that kind of thing. So, So that was just around the reality of if you don't want to necessarily get someone in to do it um, the course is, is aimed at teachers who are interested in facilitating that within their own school and kind of engaging the teams in the school with that
0: cool ben that's really interesting i think it's good to get um an overview obviously i, I know a bit about design thinking i find it really interesting i just i mean i genuinely find it interesting i'm just like got too many things going on to really look into it which is Probably a mistake because I could benefit from it. I'm sure I would benefit from your services in terms of, you know what I mean? Just because maybe the fact that I'm too busy is because I haven't done some of these, <laughs> these things, you know, in the first place. Someone
2: once asked me, like, do you do you use design thinking approaches at home with your family? <laughs> yeah, I kind of in a way like we did when when lockdown hit and we had to think about what we were doing with this, with, with the kids each day, did actually get the post-it notes out. Uh, on the wall yeah, and decide how we're going to structure, um, home learning. Um, but it's an interesting one in terms of like, so at the moment, obviously my business is, is me and, and I've got a few contacts I can use if, if I need to scale up. Um, but as things progress, I've started to think about, well, actually, what are the processes we'd use internally? Um, and also like going to, like you say, want to learn more about it. I find that like design thinking. And the design sprints just clicked for me in terms of like, I can really see how I could use this. Um, but the the next step from design thinking is probably systems thinking. Yeah. And I keep on thinking to myself, that's the thing I need to get my head around, and that's the one I've really struggled with finding time to really understand it. Um, yeah, I've heard
0: of systems thinking. Yeah, that is, and that was a bit more complex.
2: Yeah, yeah, and and I know some people are starting to look at kind of the design thinking, systems thinking, sweet spot. Um, yeah. But one thing at a time, right? <laughs>
0: yeah, definitely. Well, Ben, wishing you all the best with the, with the company. I'll put links to your website, your YouTube channel, and the course. Um, if you're um, interested in in talking to Ben, uh, get in touch. And Ben's not, I mean, I know Ben very well. He's not at all a uh, hard sell. So he'll give you, even if it's not for you, he'll give you a lot of good free advice. So I would recommend if it's something you're even... A little bit interested in getting in touch with Ben, and uh, he'll definitely point you in the right direction, even if you don't need his services. Yeah, always happy to chat about it.
2: Cool. Thanks a lot, Ben. Take care. Thanks very much. Thanks for that.